Well, I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited you're here today. Are you excited? Man, I hope you get really excited before this is over this morning. If there are any visitors here, I don't recognize maybe one or two visitors here, few, two or three. Uh, this is not normal because uh, Pastor Gary is out today, but he'll be back. So be sure and come back and, and you'll be blessed. Today we're talking about the fall of man. And uh, I want to read through the scripture. And you can follow along on, in your Bible, on your device, whatever, or just on the screen. <clears throat> the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of the tree, eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree, that it was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and gave some. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man said, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman that you gave me, whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring 
and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is the word of the Lord. Father God, I thank you today for your word, and I bless you for your commitment to us. God, we thank you for the knowledge, the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask you today for your blessing on your word. We know it's already blessed, but we ask you that you would bless it to our hearts today. Help our minds to comprehend what you have for us to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, The fall of man is a very important subject for us all to understand because we're all born into sin. Sometimes people fail to be able to understand that. You say a a little baby is born in sin. Oh yes, they are. But they are innocent uh, until they get the knowledge that we all have obtained from the fall of Adam in the garden of the knowledge of good and evil. And once they reach that age that they understand good and evil, then they have to make a decision just like everybody else. So I want to say to you today, in talking about this passage of Scripture, a lot of people misunderstand and equate the serpent with Satan. In other words, what a lot of people think is that Satan himself appeared to Eve and deceived her that day. Well, Satan is a spirit, and certainly he did deceive Eve that day. But I want you to see the difference here because in uh, chapter 12, uh, uh, sorry, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field. Get that now. The Bible says the serpent was a beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And so the snake that we call him today, the serpent, We don't know what form that it had before the curse. Maybe they stood upright on two legs. I don't know. 
Certainly the serpent was cunning and crafty and, and uh, able to communicate with Eve. But the serpent was a beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And we need to understand that today it's not much different that Satan himself uses many creatures, some human beings, to deceive and to influence us in this world. And so we need to recognize the serpent was a beast of the field that the Lord God had made and was influenced by the spirit of Satan that deceived the woman. He said to the woman, did God actually say, now see here's some of the problem. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? There are about five different things here that caused the fall of man. One of them was doubting God's word, doubting what he said. Another one we'll see in a minute was adding to God's word, adding to what he said, and then contradicting the word of God. Or again, misinterpreting the word of God. All of those things led to transgressing against God's Word. And it's no different today. We're still in a world of temptation where uh, sometimes we wonder about God's Word. And wondering is wavering. And he that wavers is as a wave of the sea tossed. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so we understand now that when he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? That was a deception. That was something that Satan was using in order to put doubt in the woman's mind. The next verse says, the woman said to the serpent, oh yes, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Certainly we can eat of them. Then the next one says, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, in the middle of the garden, neither shall you touch it. Now there you go adding to what God had said. If you recall from our study last week, Pastor Gary told us that uh, the woman wasn't even there. She wasn't created whenever God said to Adam, don't eat of, you may eat of all the trees of the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She wasn't even there. So she got secondhand information, number one, Amen. She got secondhand information and said, added to her misunderstanding was God said, Don't eat of it, and neither shall you touch it lest you die. Well, God said to Abraham, 
I mean to Adam, pardon me. God said to Adam, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, we know that Adam didn't die physically that day. But he did die that day. Let me relate to you a, a dream that I had many years ago. I think this is uh, important to uh, what we're discussing today. Uh, some 40, almost 50 years ago, I was sound asleep dreaming that I was there in the Garden of Eden. Of course, I grew up in church, and I, you know what, I heard the story many times. And so this dream became very, very vivid, and, and I felt I was actually there when the temptation happened, and the woman took the fruit, ate of it, and gave to her husband, and immediately, in, in my dream, immediately, whenever they ate of that fruit, the light went out. I woke up terrified, sat straight up in the bed and said, no. Having been in the presence of God and then all of a sudden not in communication with God, not in communion, not in fellowship, that was a horrible thing for me that I, uh, you know, I saw what happened. These, uh, in my dream, they were glowing just like Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration. I, that's not a stretch to believe that, that they were glowing. They didn't know they were naked because they were clothed in the glory of God. But immediately when they took of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, they knew right and wrong, good and bad, when they realized all of the truth of the knowledge of good and evil, they realized they were naked. The light went out. No longer in the glory of God that they were clothed. You can believe anything you want to about that, but it was almost as if I actually witnessed that scene and, and it was a terrifying thing. Let me tell you, it was unnerving to feel like to have been in God's presence, in communion with God, in the glory of God, and then all of a sudden, the light went out. No more glory. They lost a lot of things whenever they transgressed against God's Word. God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, because the day you eat of it, that day you'll surely die. And believe me, that day they died. Not physically, but spiritually they died that day. Just like we have to be spiritually born again. And that's what the provision 
of uh, restoration is for us today. The next verse says, The serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. I want to read something to you. Out of the book of Romans. I mean, I'm sorry. Out of the book of uh, St. John, 1 John chapter 2. Do not love the world. Now listen to this. Nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, desires of the flesh, desires of the eye, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of the Lord will live forever. Awesome. They put that up on the screen there. That's good. Right on Johnny on the spot there. That is an awesome thing. All that is in the world. Lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye. The pride of life. That's what the temptation in the wilderness was about. Or in the garden was about. If you'll look at it. You'll see in the next verse, the serpent already said to the woman that you won't surely die. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and that it was a tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life, I want you to see that the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life is what the devil uses in his temptation all the time, up until yet. And he's continually doing that. So the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was desired to make one wise. And the next one says, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. She took the fruit because she was deceived. The Bible tells us that the man was not deceived, but he was knew exactly what he was doing. He was the one that received the instruction from the Lord, you shall not eat the day you eat thereof, you'll surely die. And yet he took the husband who was with her, ate it. Next verse says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths and let's go on to the next they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day he did that 
according to the scripture, in the cool of the day walked in fellowship and communed with Adam. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. The Lord said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman that you gave me. Isn't that the way it is, guys? That woman that you gave me, Lord, she, she's the one that gave me the fruit, and I ate it. I didn't mess up, Lord. It's that woman you gave me. Yeah. That didn't hold water, did it? Didn't work then, doesn't work now. <laughs> We're each responsible. Amen. But the things that the that they lost by sinning against God, the things that mankind lost in the fall, just think about it. The glory of God, eternal life, health. See, there was no sickness in the world before sin. In Romans again, in Romans 5 verse 12, says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For indeed, Sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there's no law. Or in other words, how do you know it's sin if nobody said don't do it? But let me tell you this, the truth of the Word of God is, if any man knows to do good and does not do it to him, it's sin. So it said, sin reigned, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even without the law, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. And so what we're talking about is, when mankind originally sinned in the garden, that passed on to everyone from then on. So we're born dead, spiritually dead, born in sin with a sinful nature. That's not difficult to understand because we all understand the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And that's the world. That's worldly. Those that love the world and the things in the world, he said the love of God is not in them. And, uh, but those that do what God said to do, they'll live forever and ever. 
They lost eternal life. They lost health, well-being. They lost communion with God. Uh, Isaiah 59 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. You see, they lost communion with God. Their innocence, innocent as a baby would be innocent, not knowing good or evil, their innocence was lost when they ate of the tree of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They gave up their innocence. They were no longer innocent. They were responsible for their actions, just as we all are. Now, they gave up and lost a beautiful paradise, garden home. How would you like to have a garden home? All the trees, you know, in the middle of that garden was also the tree of life. And I read in Revelation where the tree of life bears Twelve manner of fruit all year long. No off season. How would you like to live in a garden where you could eat of the fruit of the trees and, and uh, never go out of season? They gave up their paradise, their garden home. They gave up access to the tree of life because they were put out of the garden. Verse 13 in our passage says, Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. You see, the man said, Was well, that woman you gave me? The woman said, Well, it's, it, it's that serpent that you created. He's the one that caused all this. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock, above all beasts of the field. So this was not a curse on Satan right here. Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock, above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. That was a curse on the serpent, the beast of the field that God had created. The next verse gives us the curse of Satan. God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And that is a prophetic statement because, uh, as you know, the seed comes from the man, not from the woman. And uh, when he said he'll put enmity between the woman and you and between her seed and your seed, he'll bruise your head and you'll bruise his heel. 
there was only one woman that had seed that was not of man. And that was the Virgin Mary who brought forth the Lord Jesus. So this is a prophecy of the Lord Jesus bruising the head of the serpent. You see, Paul told the Romans in 1620, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And I want you to understand this this morning, that uh, as we read through this story, you need to grasp the fact that uh, we have inherited that sinful nature. But before the fall ever happened, before the world was ever created, the Bible says that God provided a sacrifice. He provided redemption ahead of time before He even created the world. You know, God knows the end from the beginning. He knew when He created man. He knew everything that was going to happen ahead of time. It's hard for us to understand that sometimes, but let me give you this illustration. Uh, if you're watching a parade go by, you're standing down on the street and you see the parade going by, you see what's right in front of you and you can't see the end or the beginning. You can see what's right in front of you. But if you were up on top of a tall skyscraper and looking down on it, you'd see the entire parade. The end and the beginning, you'd see the whole thing together. Well, that's the way that God sees everything. It's a crude illustration, but that's the way that God sees everything. He sees how it starts. He sees how it ends. And before the foundation of the world, God made provision for the fall of man. Isn't that awesome? That is an awesome thought. The Bible says... Let's go to the next verse there. To the woman, he said, I'll surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And then the next one says to Adam, to Adam he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and not listened to my voice. I just put that in there, but you need to, Understand, he said, God said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree that I told you not to eat of, then your curse is, the next verse. You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So God cursed this earth, the ground, at that time, just as surely as He gave those curses on uh, the serpent and Eve and on Adam. There were six curses in creation. Number one was on the serpent. Verses 14 and 15. Upon Satan in verse 15, 
on the woman in verse 16 and on man in 17, 18, and 19. But the curse was on all creation from that day forward. But as I said to you before, God had already prepared redemption before the fall ever took place. I want you to understand we're born in sin, but because of the plan of redemption, we must be born again. Isaiah 53 gives us a good picture of that. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace, the peace between us and God was on Him, Jesus. With His stripes we are healed. All we, somebody say all. All we have, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before the shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Let me read the last two verses to you again in our passage this morning. God cursed the earth and He said thorns and thistles it'll bring forth. You know it wasn't evidently was not bringing forth thorns and thistles. It's a beautiful garden there, a paradise. But God cursed the ground itself because man sinned against God. And He said you'll eat of the plants of the field and then the next one says by the sweat of your face, you'll eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is uh, the end of the fall of man, but as I said to you, the provision has already been made. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. We read in Romans chapter 5 a while ago, in verse 17 it says, If by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came on all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came on all men to the justification of life. For as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners, 
so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. As sin has reigned to death, even so grace might reign through righteousness and eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Because it said that one man caused sin to come on the whole world. One man who was righteous, the only righteous man that ever lived. The Bible says he became sin for me, for you, for us, so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Him. Isn't that good news? I mean, we need to understand the fall of man, but we certainly need to understand Jesus came as our Redeemer to purchase us back from our sinful nature, to deliver us out of the destruction and consumption of sin that is in this world. Remember, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, all that is in the world, any man that loves the world and the things that are in the world, the love of God is not in him. But those that do what God said, and that's so simple, I want to give you that opportunity this morning to take advantage of God's provision. So if you'll bow your heads with me, we're going to pray together. But before we pray, I'm going to ask the question. Do you know in your heart, are you absolutely certain that you have been born again? What does that mean? Nicodemus, a religious leader, said, How can a man be born once he's old? Jesus answered him, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that you're born of the Spirit, born of God, that you have believed in your heart that Jesus died, was crucified for your sin, that He was raised again. God raised Him from the dead in the resurrection. If you believe that today and you've never confessed Him as your Lord, I want to know if you do it today. Let's pray together, everyone praying. Father God, we know, we know in our heart that you've shown love toward us because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I ask you today for all of us in this place that you would forgive us our trespasses, that you would not account them to us nor impart them to us but that you would impart your righteousness
because we believe that Jesus died for our sin. We believe that you raised him again on the third day and that he lives forever and will return soon to catch us away. God, we ask you that you would stir our hearts to obey your word and not disobey anything that we know that you've told us. And so, God, we ask you for that in Jesus' name and ask your blessing on each one. Amen. God bless you this morning.